0: You're just in time for a gridiron treat. Footballarchaeology.com's Timothy P. Brown joins us to talk about a tidbit where he titled it Eddie's Dooley's 1936 All-America Team Contest. Tim's got the scoop coming up in just a moment.
1: This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis.
0: Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to The Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another Tuesday where we get to talk to Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com about one of his famous tidbits, some daily little factoids of football that uh, really make you think and appreciate the uh, days gone by in the realm of the gridiron. So, Tim, welcome back to The Pig Pen.
2: Thank you, Darren. Yeah, I look forward to chatting again today and seeing what we come up with.
0: Yeah, Tim, I I want to go to one of the the, really, I find very entertaining and fun, and it takes you back to a, a different era of some marketing and using football in in their marketing. And you titled this tidbit back uh, in September of 2022. Can believe if you can believe it's been that long since you wrote this, it's called Eddie Dooley's 1936 All-America Team Contest. So why don't you explain to us what that is and what Eddie Dooley was doing?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I think anybody who reads or, you know, listens regularly you know probably knows that i um i collect old um well they're basically composite schedules but you know they're they're these little giveaways that used to be available just they're just like the schedule the little pocket card schedules we get today but they were um they were available at least from the 20s and probably a little bit earlier than that and i'm talking 1920s not you know 2020s Um, (laughs) So it, you know, it would have listed like all the games, you know, for every team that's in the in play, it would have listed their schedule for the year. And then it would have just little things about, you know, the teams they expected to be, you know, great teams this year and who the All-Americans were last year, things like that. So just little, little things you carried around and, you know, they didn't have the internet then. So you want to see who was playing this coming Saturday, boom, you looked at the schedule. And so, uh, this particular one was put out by Royal typewriters. So, you know, if you went into a typewriter store, you could potentially, um, you know, pick up one of these, one of these little booklets. And then it was, their star was a guy named Eddie Dooley. So he, he had been uh, a quarterback at Dartmouth in the twenties and then became um, a newspaper man and then became a uh A radio announcer so he had a syndicated radio show that um basically ran on thursday nights where he would make predictions about that saturday's game and then on saturday saturday evening uh, and he was based out of new york so saturday evening he's doing running through the scores who won the big games that kind of stuff and i'm sure at the time the west coast fans got all po'd because he they may not have finished their game yet. So he couldn't report on them. And, you know, so they, they felt like they were getting uh, shat upon. Um, East but anyways.
0: Yeah, strikes again.
2: <laughs> yeah, East Coast bias back in 1936. <laughs> so. Um, so anyways, so so this is a 1936 season. And so one of the things they did, you know, I mean, it it's no different than what we do today to try to engage our our followers are to try to, you know, if you're selling something, you're trying to get people involved in the brand. And so what they did was um, in the booklet, there was a little form that you could fill out at the end of the season that uh, where you'd list the, um, what you, basically what you tried to do is Eddie was going to name an all American team. And then you submitted your list of names for the all American team and there were there was a seventy five dollar third place prize. There was a hundred dollar second place and a five hundred dollar first place prize. So for whoever could come the closest to matching Eddie's All American. So you know it turned out that Eddie's All American team kind of had an East Coast bias. <laughs> <laughs> so there were you know four Ivy Leaguers, mm-hmm. some of whom I'm sure made sense, including uh, one who w- won the Heisman Trophy, Larry Kelly. Um, and, but, you know, still, there were five five guys from New York and further to the Northeast that, that made this made the team. So, so he so, wasn't
0: quite uh, as bad as what Walter Camp did, where almost everybody was from you know, the Ivy League.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Camp one year had all 11 Yale players right <laughs> in the first, second, or third, all American team hey but they were good um so um so anyways so he holds this contest and then it turns out that this uh my favorite is just that there were guys and i forget you know don't really care about them who were first and second place but third place was mrs eva lou edwards of hammond louisiana so she picked up 75 bucks for, for being uh for coming in third place. That's and then probably like a, a week's
0: payback then too $75. That's oh, still yeah, that, a chump change. That's, sure that's good that. good money.
2: Yeah. yeah, that that was some serious cash. And then um then each of the players who were named to the to Eddie's all American team got a royal typewriter too. So you know, nice. I mean, that would be like, you know, it's like getting a computer or whatever today. Um so uh, you know, one of the other just f- fun little things about that was that the guy who came in third in the Heisman that year, um, Eddie did name him to the team. And uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but it Ray Buvid, Buivid, something like that. It's B-U-I-V-I-D. And he played for Marquette. Uh, so not a school that we associate with, You know, all football, all Americans.
0: And he's in the the Midwest. How'd he make that team? Yeah. Well,
2: he made it. But he did, you know, he came in third in Heisman. So he was nationally recognized. And Marquette uh, played in the Cotton Bowl that year. You know, so they were, you know, considered a pretty top team. Uh, And so that was Marquette's first and only uh, football bowl that they played in. And then, you know, they eventually dropped football in like 1960 but so you know this du- eddie dooley was you know he was like it you know he would have been whatever the kirk herb street or somebody like that of of his age you know pr- nationally prominent guy um and then you know he announced for a number of years and then eventually he ended up getting into politics and he served three terms in congress so um i forget exactly you know which state he served with but or for but uh So anyways, you know, even back then, former football players or coaches or whomever or media stars, you know, got themselves elected to Congress. So some things never change.
0: Yeah and you you have a, a great image of Eddie uh must be on one of the promo ads on, on the, the footballarchaeology.com story on this and folks you can follow that in the show notes of this podcast go right to Tim's site to see this and Eddie has a, a great face for television he probably would have been great at television too cuz he just that <laughs> he has that that look you know the hair's you know perfectly parted and you got he sort of got the shit eating grin on his face and he's ready to go and, and talk some football so uh, he's got me pumped up. So <laughs> great story. Love it. I love to yeah. get the so Eddie, too. Eddie
2: would have played. I'm just thinking about that. Eddie would have played for Jess Hawley because Hawley was the coach of Dartmouth at the time. And he was, you know, I mean, they had really good teams. They were national champions. 96. Um, you know, and Holly had coached Iowa before, before Dartmouth. So he was, Oh, you know, like I said, he's kind of a Herb Street only is probably a better quarterback in college, you know, <laughs> but that's kind of the nature of the person, you know, the, the media star that he was. Yeah. You,
0: you could tell he's got a little bit of personality to him, I guess is what I was trying to say in the, the, the image yeah. of him too. So great, great stuff. You know, you have these, these, things you know from your collection and you sharing and digging up the story and the research and and you do this you know on a daily basis which is amazing and a, a real tribute to to what you're you're doing and uh, you know for your, your tidbits and people love to read this stuff and love to hear you when you come on the show you get great responses from it but maybe you could share with all the, the audience how they too can enjoy your tidbits on a daily basis
2: yeah. Uh. So easiest thing is just go to footballarchaeology.com, Subscribe. You know, there's a bunch of different ways you can subscribe on there. Uh, it's free. You can also do paid subscriptions, which is perfectly OK with me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's available to you. And if you if you if you don't want to get the email every day, which, you know, just ensures you're going to get it. Um, you can also just follow me on on Twitter where I reach like three people every day uh or you that, can that's not true uh,
0: folks he, he has good following on twitter
2: yeah but only three of them see it every day but anyways that's another story <laughs> um and then uh i'm also on the Substack app because that's where i publish um and then um uh, threads uh, you know or just bookmark the site and you know pop in whenever you're in the mood for old-time football stuff
0: Well, excellent job as always. And we really appreciate you sharing with us each week of some of your great stories. And we would love to share with you again next Tuesday.
2: Very good. Look forward
0: to it. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast.
1: And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch Podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.